Welcome to the Tradies in Business podcast with your hosts, Warwick Bidwell and Nicole Cox. Divert your phone and grab a brew as Waz and Nick unpack tips, tales, secrets and stuff-ups from guests both inside and outside your trade. Helping educate and inspire you to break the cycle of gut-busting and money stress and create a true trade business. G'day, Coxie. How are you? I'm well, Was Thank you. How are you? Very well. G'day, listener. Hello, how, listener. How are you doing? I always think it's weird when I listen to podcasts and they say, they talk about their listeners. And it's like, hello, listeners, but there's only one person really listening That's right. to us. Just one in person. In this exchange, mm-hmm. because they can't hear the other people listening to us. Mm-mm. Big questions being it's answered weird, today. It's <laughs> weird, really, isn't it? It's like, how far away is the moon? No. Is there another solar system? Are there aliens? Uh, I see lots of aliens when I drive around the roads. <laughs> <laughs> I agree. They drive like aliens anyway. <clears throat> um, but there's a question that we were just chatting about off air and decided that we'd hit record and uh, just share this with you, our listener. Hmm. And that is, what does it take to run a great trade business? That's a big question. Because it's it's one that... How many times have you been asked that question, Coxie? All the time. What I couldn't it, count. What Hundreds, does it take thousands. to run a successful trade business? Thousands of times. Or a better trade business or a good trade business or one that pays you enough money or one that lets you take holidays, whatever aspect it is, right? Mm-hmm. And I know I've been asked more than twice in the last uh, <laughs> 10 or 15 years. And I often find it's a difficult one to answer mm. because there's so much involved in running a great trade business that gives you all those things, you know, the money and the time and the freedom and the flexibility and the security and the passion and the fulfillment and, you know, whatever the laundry list is of niceties that we'd like to get out of our trade businesses. So, but I did get, I got asked this yesterday by tradies, like, so was, what is it, what does it really take to be a great trade business owner? You know what, like what's, what is it? What's the thing? You know, the marketing and the sales and all that stuff. And I literally, I sat there and went, uh... <laughs> <laughs> As we so often do. Uh, why are you asking? <laughs> well, that's a good question in itself. Because mm, that sort of, uh, that really dictates the answer. Mm. Um, what I ended up saying to this guy was, you know what? It's it's the headspace of the business owner. Mm. It's the way you see yourself as the business owner. Mm -hmm. Whether you see yourself as a business owner or as we've no doubt talked before on the podcast, Coxie, as a tradie. Yes. Or just a tiler. Just just anything, really. Or just a roofer or just a mechanic Mm -hmm. or whatever shitty terminology we use. Oh, this is a Tuesday episode, isn't it? That's about as naughty as I can get for iTunes before they pull our podcast down and put it in the bin. But yeah, I... I think, you know, over all the years of working with tradies, I'd be curious to get your perspective on this. Mm. It's It's got such a lot to do with whether or not the business owner sees themselves as a business owner mm. and I, makes decisions like a business owner would and talks to their yes. staff the way a business yes. owner would, right? Absolutely. I gather you agree. I'm nodding my head off awesome. for those that can't see. <laughs> this is one of those times we agree strongly. Like what, what's what's because you've worked a lot with builders, especially. Mm-hmm. What's been your observation, I guess, about the good building companies and the great builders running great building businesses versus the ones who are, 
I won't use the word just, <laughs> who stay as builders. Right. So the builders that stay as builders don't think a bigger picture. They're not running a bigger game. And I don't mean a bigger business, but they're not thinking about how to run their business as a business rather than just, hi, I'm Joe Bloggs and I build houses. Yeah. Because that's not what it's about, right? Yeah. That's what I said. That's that's exactly what I said to this guy. It's like, you know what? You could still have a $10 million a year mm-hmm. building enterprise. Mm-hmm. And you could either be a really busy builder doing ten mil a year of projects, or you could have a ten million dollar a year building business mm-hmm. and be the business owner that yes. runs that enterprise. And they're two very different things, aren't they? They're so totally different. Huh? <laughs> so, and one comes with a bunch of stress and burnout oh and fatigue and and horrible life events because you can't keep it all together. And the other one comes with a business where you get to go and play golf, where mm. you get to go on a holiday. Fancy having a holiday in your business. What are they? I know, right? (laughs) They're very different. They're they're polar opposites, first Mm. and foremost. And I I don't think, and if we break it right down to where the problems start, it's in learning your trade. When you learn your trade, you're only never taught your trade. You're not taught how to be a business person. And being a tradie and a business person are not the same thing. And I think this is where a lot of people get lost is they don't, well, first of all, they don't recognise that there is a difference. Mm-hmm. Being a tradie and being a trade business owner, same, same. Mm. They reckon it's just all the same. Sure. Uh, whereas it's not in our experience mm. and observation. And it's a very different skill set, isn't it, Coxie? It is a different skill set. Just even giving yourself enough permission to come off the tools and work on your business. Like that's the first step, isn't it? To understanding that you're a business person is having the ability to give yourself permission to do the work on the business. Yeah. It's a totally different skill set. Which means like to come off the tools, I see people just start to sweat and convulse and have panic attacks. When you suggest that they come off the tools, because the big problem then is, well, who's going to supervise the work quality and make sure that the guys aren't Instagramming instead of mm-hmm. working or, you know, that they're not wearing their shoes in the customer house or whatever the heck it is, right? Yes. So, h- how do I make sure all that happens if I'm not there doing the work? What's well, a great big question. <laughs> it's got a really simple answer. Huh. We just get a supervisor and we supervise the supervisor. So, what if I'm not ready to put a supervisor on? Then you need to do a combination of both until you get your business to the point that you're able to pulley, fully pull back. Pulley, pulley. Pulley? Yeah, we could use a pulley. We could use a pulley. <laughs> String you up from a block and tackle so you can't go on side. <laughs> that might be a good idea. Look, it's a really hard question. I think it, this point starts often for tradies in learning or, or having the false belief early on or being taught early on, particular by the older school, the time off the tools isn't running your business. And that becomes an invaluable prospect. So they don't place the value that they need to place on that time working on the business rather than in the business. Mm. And I, I see a lot of Guys especially, and I, and I sort of point the finger at the men listening to this because they tend to be the figurehead of the business. They tend to have been the trade, the, the key tradesperson. And we've probably got some lady tradies listening as well and they're mm-hmm. not immune to this same mm-hmm. affliction of feeling compelled to be on the tools or on site or 
doing the pre-start meetings, uh, checking up on everyone's work, talking to the customers. Not much of that is actually business owner tasks. No, it's not. That's all operational supervision, Mm. which you can, as you say, hire a supervisor or Mm -hmm. elevate one of your techs, one of your tradespeople. You know, you you might only have two tradies. Mm whether you're a plumbing business or a building business or whatever, and but my, one of them has probably got the potential to be developed into someone more responsible. I think you can also use those supporters you have around you. So in our circumstance, my husband was very much a builder. He, he didn't have a building company. He was just a builder. Until we saw that he needed to step out, we got ourselves educated, we got some support, we learnt that in order for him to create some of that time so he could be away from site, I could step in and actually fill some of those roles. So for in our business, those roles were I could do nearly all of the communication with the client. From the sales, I'd take the phone call, hello, here's my builder husband not having to answer the phone all day long, to doing the pre-sales meeting, to doing the quotation, to doing the leading them through the entire process. There are plenty of support people around you who can help you with these roles if you're prepared to let them go. Ooh, I'm just going to let the silence settle on that one. <laughs> it's a big it's a big challenge, isn't it, letting go of those things? Look, it's not easy. It really isn't. It's, it's a scary thought to not have what you perceive to be be the full control over whatever that role is at that time, but you have more control by standing back than you do by getting stuck right in it. Mm. And you actually had a chop at me earlier today about uh, some of tradies and businesses stuff (laughs) and about me being a control freak. So, you know, it's not just the domain of tradespeople. No, it's not. It's, It's something that affects, and I've been working with all sorts of business owners over the last 10 to 12 years, and I know you have as well. It affects every business owner or in fact i think it affects every person who's moving from being that e-myth style technician so whether you're the the person who starts out doing the carving of the sculptures for the for the council parks Mm -hmm. and actually moving from being the technician to the manager of the people who do the carvings in the yard Mm -hmm. that you set up to being the entrepreneur who goes out and finds all the deals for the manager you employ to manage all the people you have in the yard doing the carvings for all the council parks around Australia. Absolutely. It's a great way to put it. And it's such a different skill set to mm. be a technician versus a manager versus an entrepreneur. Or in the case of a trade business owner, really, I think you can just skip straight to, you know, from technician, I think you can skip straight to entrepreneur, mm. quote unquote, mm. which really in, in my language is a true business owner. Yeah, I totally agree. It's someone who's out there doing deals, finding the next... Uh, finding the next block of land that you can develop a, a six-pack on with your mate in partnership mm-hmm. um, instead of having to be on site every morning because if you're not, guess what? Everyone's standing around <laughs> doing stuff all. I don't know what to do. Figuring out what we're meant to be doing, ringing you three times mm-hmm. just to check. And again, that applies whether you're a builder, plumber, electrician, landscape gardener, any Mm. trades I think can identify with that. I think anybody full stop. And if I could point back to uh, my own personal experience and a point of difference, and that would be my career started in pharmacy and there is a distinct pathway with learning opportunities to take you from being a certificate one 
pharmacy assistant all the way through to wherever you want to end up. In my case, it was as a pharmacy manager. But there were learning opportunities all along the way. And that's something that has been missing from the trades forever. And we're obviously seeing that now. That's a big part of what we do here at Tradies and Business is teaching Mm. tradies how to be business owners rather than just tradies. Just tradies. (laughs) (laughs) I'll let you do that. I'm not going to say that anymore. I'm just going to let it go. I've I've said it. It's done. Moving on. But it's about... um, Educating yourself, you know, you've really, it's a hard thing to find the right fit to teach you how to get where you need to be. Mm. And it's impossible to think that you can just know it. It's it's, having the knowledge of knowing how to do something you've never been taught. It just doesn't happen. You have to go out and find somebody to teach you how to do it. So in so many other careers other than the trades, that's already a predefined pathway. Yeah. What we see in the trades is it isn't predefined and there's too much stigma around, well, how's your business going to run if you're not actually working in the business? And I've, I feel like, again, having worked with other industries over the years as a coach, as an accountant, as a financial planner, as a sales manager, I feel like there's this knowledge embedded in the training to become a financial planner or an accountant or a solicitor or even a retail um, business owner or a sales manager there's almost this embedded training in there that sets you up to be able to think more like a business owner yes. than a tradesperson, which is all about how to hang a door yes, or how to change a set of brake pads. Mm-hmm. There's just there's not that sort of embedded training and there's not a lot of trans- – well, I think the skills are very transferable mm-hmm. and I know you agree that to be a good tradesperson, to be able to – plan out your work and you know make things run to a time schedule mm-hmm. whatever it is that you do and problem solve and rectify problems as you go mm-hmm. um, and deliver a product at the end of a time scale largely on time and on budget that's a that's a very high skill set mm-hmm. that is very transferable into running a business yes where you're doing exactly the same thing you're planning out a set of activities you're managing those along the way you're dealing with issues as they arise you're keeping to a time scale you know whether that's a quarter or a financial year or whatever it is you're hitting outcomes it's just that it's in a very different language. That's what it is. It's the language, right? You're not talking about lintels and split pins and, you know, retaining walls. You're talking about margins and markup and pricing scales and productivity and those sorts of things. So I feel like there's a there's a big language gap between what tradies are taught in their own technician area mm-hmm. and how to then transfer that to running a business. I just made that very complicated. Didn't I? <laughs> so what you're essentially saying is in so many cases, they already have the skills required. It's just they don't understand the languaging around those tools. And and I don't think tradies realize that what they are good at in their trade with their hands is totally transferable to running a business. Absolutely. I think it just takes a bit of translation. And I think... That's a big part of, of what we're doing more and more here at Tradies in Business. And if you're listening to this and you haven't checked out the Facebook group or the website and some of the other services that Coxie and I offer from, you know, free downloads and all sorts of stuff through to one-on-one business coaching specifically for the trades, a lot of this is us just translating for you what you already know, what you're already applying in your day-to-day operation as a, as a tradesperson and actually applying those skills to build a business plan mm. 
or put together a, you know, a team management system, which is no different to planning out a complex landscaping job. No. You've got all these inputs, you've got subbies you've got to organise, you know, things have to be delivered to site at certain times. My wife and I are building a house, or not yet, we haven't gotten to the contract <laughs> stage yet, uh, but, you know, we're going through the whole pre-contract stage, so there's a lot of work involved with selections and meeting with cabinet makers and meeting with tile shops and all sorts of stuff to, to look at. And my wife is not from the industry. She's, you know, she works in the health system. Um, she's very, very intelligent. But she's sitting down well, as I'm talking about, well, we need to think about this and we've got to have this organized mm-hmm. before that happens. And, you know, I'm rattling off all this stuff that happens with a building project. And I can see her just getting a headache mm-hmm. and her eyes starting to go crossed. Mm-hmm. And she literally said to me the other night at the dinner table, she's like, how the hell do builders do this stuff? How do tradies manage all this? Like, there is so much to think about. That's like, like a gold statement. Damn straight there is. Yes. And I think that's something that you as a trade business owner listening to this, you don't celebrate your skills enough. And I, I, Actually, I think that we all don't celebrate tradie skills enough. We don't. They're thought of as – and we've spoken about this before. I've got three boys. One's already in a trade. I've got another one just finishing grade 12 and a third one who's coming through the end of grade 10. They're all going to be tradies. And it's not celebrated even on a school level. Even no. at their school, they're like second-class citizens. And nothing could be further from the truth. They have the same intelligence level as so many other kids in their school, mm. but they've chosen something to do with their hands because that's where their passion lies. Yep. Rather than going to school at uni for four years to get a degree and then they can come out as a junior and begin to practice whatever that might be, mm. they actually want to get in and get dirty. Isn't that something to be celebrated? Shouldn't we then be celebrating all of the skills and the learnings that come with that instead of just being... I guess even thinking in our own mindset as tradies that we're just tradies. And I'm I'm going to fess up here, Coxie, to as we've talked about this, I realise I'm probably guilty of thinking that tradies need to learn a whole different set of skills mm. to run their business better and that you and I are going to teach them to them, right? Yes. So, you know, we're going to teach you how to run a business. The reality is you already know how to run a business because you're running a trade. Yes. You're running a job or you're running a crew of guys or, you know, you're running an individual project if you're a sole operator. You Mm -hmm. still have a lot of inputs and a lot of things to Mm. consider. And if you're doing that reasonably well as a tradesperson, then there's not really that much more you need to learn as far as going back to school. Yes. Yes, there's a language you need to understand about business. There's different tools you need to learn how to use in Mm -hmm. your business but yeah this is the thing i marvel at the work that good trades people do like it just i'm really like i'm proud to come from a a family of trades people i i often you know i'm I'm bummed that i never did a trade Mm -hmm. myself but i love the skills that it gave me Mm. of problem solving you know i i I'm not a web developer, but I'll sit down and actually learn how to read code and stuff and problem solve. And I'll do the same with a lawnmower that's not working. Uh, it's just, I think it's that skill set of being able to look at something, figure it out, and make something awesome despite, you know, not having the right materials or tools or whatever it is. Like, I just, I always marvel at the skills of tradies in that regard. Uh, and I think that is one of the key aspects of what it takes to run a great business. It's exactly what you're doing as a business owner. You, you're constantly problem solving. Of course. And, 
honestly just making stuff up <laughs> as you go. Well, maybe that's something we can unpack a little bit. So we talk often, fake it till you make it. This isn't quite the same and there's a lot of, I don't know, contention maybe about the whole fake it till you make it thing. I guess maybe what I'm trying to get to here is as business owners, as tradies, as people, we are often making stuff up as we go along to fix a problem. That's normal. It's just that we don't tell everyone we're doing it. (laughs) From the outside, it looks like, wow, that was a well-executed plan. Whereas internally, it's like, man, I made that crap up pretty quick. I know. Holy crap. Look at me go. And it worked out. (laughs) You know? We might have had a business meeting today that was a little bit like that. Yeah, it's every business meeting. Yeah, we just make it up as we go. Every time we get together, it's like, well, we hadn't thought of that before, but gee, that makes sense. (laughs) And that's, that's something that really is highlighted to me in talking to our members There's this idea out there that there is the formula, there is Mm. the formula for a Facebook ad or for a marketing campaign or for how how should I write my email that I send out to my clients? What what should I say in my first email newsletter? It's like whatever you damn well like. Absolutely. The most important thing is that you send the send the email out. (laughs) Damn straight. Right. It doesn't matter how you hold the hammer. No. Like there's some guidelines that sure. are going to help you use it well or better than if you hold it by the head and try and use the <laughs> handle. Although I have seen that done. Yeah, uh, but broadly speaking, it doesn't matter if you use a pistol grip or if you're going to choke it or whatever. It's like just hit the bloody nail in. Yeah, that's the aim of the game, right, is to get the thing done. Yeah, and if you never take a swing at the nail, you're never going to learn how to hit them in better. Nope. Drive them in better. I should use the correct terminology. You should because everyone will be rolling their <laughs> yeah, eyes like, to get bloody oh, non-trainees. Yeah, we can tell you're about. not a trainee. Was you don't hit a nail in, you dickhead. <laughs> so anyway, um, I think I think that's where there is a big gap between this this notion of I'm just a tradie, and that there's this chasm of knowledge that needs to be acquired to become a great business owner. And I'll go back to what I said at the start. It is more than anything, in my opinion, Coxie, a shift in headspace. Mm, I totally agree with you. Because the skills are there. The ones that you don't have can be taught. They can be learned. They're not overly complicated. Not at all. Um, Business school didn't teach me squat about running a business. No. Everything I learned about running a business, I learned on the fly. That's exactly right. And I learned because I had my dad's... Well, get in and give it a go. Yeah. Attitude. Yes. And it was like, oh, I'll just have a crack. And what's wrong with a mistake anyway? Well, in business, you're not going to burn someone's house down or electrocute them or squash them with an excavator or whatever if you get it wrong. Like, no. The risks in the trades are real. They're physical. They're, you know, they can be quite catastrophic. Whereas in business, what's the worst thing you do? You you burn a thousand bucks on a Facebook campaign. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, it's money, and that can be quite stressful for a lot of people. But it's not you, you're not going to die. No, it's not the end of the world. You can make your thousand bucks back. Mm. Um, maybe you get a bit embarrassed because there was a typo in your email. Shit, I did that the other day. <laughs> I do it all the time. <laughs> Are we going to keep a scorecard? No. <laughs> Because I'll lose desperately. It's, it's we like, can give it a crack. It's like my wife playing Scrabble with me. She's like, this sucks. You're just too good at words. <laughs> I'm going to have to go on a sneaky help campaign here. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, it's it's like just have a go, you know. Mm. So, you kill your computer system. You ring someone up and you're paying 500 bucks, they come and fix it for you. It's true, isn't it? And yet we're also afraid of this business beast. 
And and I see tradies doing stuff every day in their trade where it's like, man, there is no way I would attempt that. No. I don't have the confidence or the skills to do that. And those skills have been built up over years, over a lifetime. That's exactly right. It's the repetition of learning that creates the pattern and makes you a business owner. Yeah. It's not hard. It's repetition. It's being open-minded. It's being willing to give it a go. It's your headspace. You've nailed it. Yeah. So... Oh. I think that more of you listening, the one of you listening, (laughs) so I'm talking to you, uh, I I just think you get in your own way and you convince yourself that you need to know more than you actually do need to know. Absolutely. If if I can clarify that a little bit. You know this whole don't know what you don't know thing? Mm -hmm. Um, I actually think there's a lot of consultants, trainers, coaches, um, memberships, uh, you know, even educational institutions out there that probably mystify business learning and business success a little too much. Mm-hmm. I I believe, and I'm probably guilty of doing this too, Coxie, because you know that thing where you, when you're really good at something and you've been doing it for years, yes. you take for granted mm-hmm. how much you have built up in knowledge, but then you can sometimes, I can sometimes, <laughs> overcomplicate things for new people. Yes. You know, and maybe I use a bit of jargon or I I start talking in detailed concepts about, you know, profit and loss analysis and how to how to analyze your data and it all sounds scary. But the reality is it's just like, well, if you just compare this number to this number and if that one's bigger, that's bad, and if this one's smaller, that's good. That's it. It's basic maths that you already know so that you can measure that and calculate that. Oh, my gosh. My old man used to drive me bonkers, hey. So he's super (laughs) old school, never finished school, couldn't use a calculator, and he could do the old builder math and Mm. and add and subtract and divide by seven and figure out how long the piece of timber should have been. And I was still there as a 22-year-old uni graduate (laughs) with with my calculator trying to figure it out and subtract it all and he's already done long division and worked it out. Three times over. No, man, it's 230 mil long. I'm like, no, it's not. What's the, that's not the midpoint. He's like, yeah, I've already worked it out. It's crazy. And he did it it? all in his head. Yeah. (laughs) But it's no different reading your profit and loss once you understand how, right? We totally get that there are these, what appears to be complicated or scary looking words, figures, whatever it might be. But once you know, you know, and it's not hard to get that knowledge and it's not scary and it's not difficult to understand the calculations. It's all very simple. You just need to be open-minded enough to want to learn. And I'm going to round that out with, you know, this whole headspace thing that I've been talking about and we we largely agree on that, obviously. Mm -hmm. You have to want to change. Your yes. headspace. It's it's all well and good for us to say, oh, you just need to change your headspace. But we both hear the language from people, from trade business owners, that the fear is too great and so they make up all these excuses as to why it's not working. But the reality is they haven't accepted, I think, for me. it's It's that acceptance that being a business owner is different to being a tradie. Yes. And being a business owner means accepting that your life will involve rescheduling your calendar four times a week (laughs) when anything changes, right? Yep. Uh, It will involve hours in meetings 
seemingly pointless meetings, Mm -hmm. which are only pointless if you make them pointless. So true. Uh, It'll involve lots of time in front of computers and looking at pieces of paper and staring at numbers and waxing lyrical about marketing headlines and stuff that's probably new to you. Yes. But that's a that's a business owner's job. It is. You know, it- a master craftsman business owner mm. does all that stuff. Mm. They don't wear gumboots and, you know, swing a hammer and do all that stuff. Like, it's just, it's a different bunch of activities and you have to accept that that's what your life will look like mm-hmm. if you want the spoils of a successful trade business. And if you don't want to do that work, you don't have to. That is no. entirely your choice to make. You can you can have a ten million dollar a year building enterprise mm-hmm. and never be a business owner, <laughs> and probably not make much money. You'll be really really busy and stressed, Very stressed. And I'm pretty sure most people know where that sort of yep. enterprise would end up. But if you want the business, mm-hmm. then you can do the same amount of turnover. You can have the same number of projects, and you know. Never pull on a nail bag. Nope. And make a ton of money. More money. And and that's the, the, the paradigm here. Is that the right word? You're actually going to make more money by being a business owner than you are by being on the tools. Yeah. It's a big step up in thinking. Yep, you've got to open up your mind a bit, change your headspace, want to be a business owner, but you can do it. Oh, it's and, – and I've heard all sorts of stories. One I will share and, and then I want to talk about our meetup, Coxie. Oh, Yes. Uh, so, a guy I knew years ago, he, he um, had a sheep farm, a sheep station. He was a shearer and a sheep farmer. Okay. And he and he buggered his back. Okay. And he had to sell the family farm. He couldn't run the farm anymore. Oh, that's heartbreaking. And he was devo. And he moved um, from the country to the city. And he thought, well, what am I going to do now? I need an income for my family. Mm-hmm. So, he bought a business. He bought a franchise. Okay. And he opened the doors, had nothing to do with farming, was in the auto industry. Uh-huh. Uh, opened the doors and uh, basically he struggled mm. because he was used to just being him. Yep. Wake up, have a cup of tea, go get on the tractor or the horse or the ute or whatever, chase some sheep around, shear the sheep, send it off to market, you know, the, the usual primary producer thing. And after dark, you'd go inside if you're lucky and then do it all again tomorrow. <laughs> And so running a business with people and customers and payments and bookkeeping and marketing and all that sort of stuff just did his head in. Um, he made a reasonable fist of it. But fast forward about, what are we talking now, probably eight years, I was chatting to someone who knows him well and I, I knew him well years ago. And they were saying to me, oh, yeah, 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 Baz. Yeah, no, he's, uh, he's employing, um, I think, Filipino migrants to actually work in the business now who he's given them a start in the country. So not full refugees, but, you know, they've they've fled their country sure. um, for various reasons. They're hardworking. They're great at their job. He loves giving them a start. It's good for his margins. I bet it uh, is. He's now got four stores, plus he's opened another concept store. So he's sort of being a market leader and... When you see this guy, he just doesn't look like a business owner, hey? Um, <laughs> Still farmer was. But but the thing that uh, that I think stands out in this guy's story is, and I've spoken to him since he sort of, you know, I don't want to say become successful because it's everyone's definition of success is different, but um, he started a second business making toys, uh, country toys, so out of wood, 
So he does cattle yards and all that sort of stuff. And that's wow. his passion. Kids toys. Um, and so they're handmade out of timber. Uh, and that's sort of his passion project. Mm. He started a second business and he's applying all the same principles to that. But the big thing that sticks out for him is he says that the big shift for him was in how he saw himself. Yes. And when things really changed for him was he started to see himself as a business owner mm-hmm. instead of as a worker. Yes. You know, he'd come off the land. He was a worker. Uh-huh. You made more money by working harder. Yes, I you understand. worked the land or the animals or uh-huh. whatever harder and you got more money maybe. And so he sort of started out with that same approach to business and it didn't work. So when he started to see himself as a business owner and think like a business owner and make decisions like a business owner and implement things that a business owner would, that's when he was able to step back and now he's got, like I said, you know, four stores and all this staff and a second business and, you know, he's, he's sort of, he's a bit of a legend locally in, mm. in the area where he lives. Um, so that's, I, I feel like that's really where it's at for tradies, you know, being a not- worker or being a business owner absolutely it's not a big shift it's not a hard shift and if you want to be a worker that's fine more power to you you know just keep working and doing what you do and you'll make the money you make and that's cool Mm. um but if you want to change that then it's definitely possible of course it is so um let's talk meet up meet up i'm excited coxie and i are going to stop hiding behind our microphones people see us all the time we're everywhere yeah, I try and hide in my house. Do you ever have people walk up to you and say, are you Warwick Bidwell? No. <laughs> I regularly have people Do walk you really? up and say, yes, are you Nicole the Builder's wife? Yes, yes. But just recently, half a dozen of my husband's students have said, are you married to Nicole from Tradies and Business? <laughs> that's pretty cool. It's hilarious because the shoe's on the other foot. That's never happened to him before. Very yeah, funny. Right. Yeah, but people people see us everywhere. They know who we are. Okay, so anyone who comes to the meetup is probably already going to know you. Uh, they know who you are. Your face like, is everywhere. Oh, is that what you look like, Was? <laughs> you <laughs> He's shorter than I thought he was. you got a good head for radio, buddy. <laughs> Stick to podcasting. So we're going to have a meetup in Brisbane. We are. Good old Bris Vegas. So sorry to our southern cousins. Uh, we'll, we'll head we'll south. There. When the weather warms up a little more, mm-hmm. we'll head south. For the summer, but in the meantime, <laughs> uh, we're going to do a meetup in Brisbane, and we're going to do that on Wednesday, the 16th of October, 2019, so whenever you're listening to this, if it's before then, <laughs> get your backside down. If We want to see you. If it's after that date, where were you? Um, so Wednesday, the 16th of October at 12.30 p.m., mm-hmm. um, and we're doing that in Brisbane. Eagleby, I think. No, I'm talking out of turn. That's Eagle not right. Farm. Eagle Farm. Samios Eagle Farm. I hope that's right now. We've just told everyone. So, uh, we're going to put this on the website uh, and the Facebook page. Uh, but if you would like to meet us and come on down, we're going to do a bit of a live uh, Q&A, probably do some recording for the podcast. Yes, let's do a live podcast. Here's, here's us making stuff up. See, this is what business owners do. Um, <laughs> I call it MSU, just makes it up. So, um, yeah, we're going to be live, uh, do a live recording, get to meet some of our listeners. Uh, you guys can tell us what you think. Uh, maybe and uh, we want to hear what they think (laughs) so make sure you get on down there as I said we'll put it on the Facebook uh, page and group and Instagram and everywhere else but that's on Wednesday the 16th of October so uh, if you're in Brizzy or you're in the area for a holiday or something like that come on down and meet us we'd love to see you yeah. I'm excited. Yeah, we'll throw on some snags. And I think we'll have a barbecue. A couple of ice breaks. <laughs> I was going to say the same thing. <laughs> I think we're missing our audience here. They're not all ice break drinkers. They're like... Some of them might like water. Or? I don't know. 
You're asking the dairy intolerant person. Yeah, yeah. Sorry. Can't help you there. They probably like water mixed with fizzy stuff. Probably think they'd like it beer more than anything. Yeah, yeah, that's right. So, yeah, we'll um, we'll throw on some some snags and uh, we'll see if we can have some semi-legal alcohol on site or something like that. I don't think (laughs) you're allowed to do that anymore, are you? Responsible service of alcohol. I reckon they'd find a way. Yeah. Um, But if you want more details, uh, head over to Facebook. Make sure you're following us at Tradies in Business or go join the free group if you haven't done that, Tradies in Business, and hit the website, which uh, it's the new site is up. It's It's, it's done. It's had so much to be excited about. It's had a new lick of paint. So, tradiesinbusiness.com.au, and um, you can get all the deets there as well. So, that's about it. Mm. Thanks Thanks for for listening. Snap. (laughs) See ya. You've been listening to the Tradies in Business podcast with Warwick Bidwell and Nicole Cox. Find out more about today's guest, tools for your trade business and other cool stuff at tradiesinbusiness.com.au.